Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so glad you're with us today. My dear friends, our guest today is someone who's rather an expert on A Course in Miracles, and I love that. I'm so happy to have him with us. For one thing, it gives me the happy opportunity to tell you the little story of how my beloved Thomas forced me to read A Course in Miracles with a study group, finally. And since he did that, and the way he did that, I think I can pretty well vouch for the fact that A Course in Miracles is the genuine article. In fact, It was channeled in the 60s by a group that was led by Jesus, and reportedly, he did bring it to us because he thought it. (laughs) the the reason, this is sad, really, Jesus thought the reason why the Christians were ignoring his gospel teachings was that they thought those teachings were too simple for us. They were above, you know, they were below our notice. Well, sadly... (laughs) The Lord overestimated us, and he gave us the the, Course in Miracles, which frankly went right over our heads. I strongly recommend A Course in Miracles as a spiritual course of study, but I do recommend that you tackle it with a study group or in some other way you get help with it, because A Course in Miracles is a very advanced set of teachings. However, our guest today understands many of the nuances that are that are there in A Course in Miracles. And he's going to help us understand a course, the course in a way which many people are, are going to find is very, very helpful. A Course in Miracles is spiritual mm-hmm. food and drink. Kevin Kranitsky, I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing it. I've only ever read it. You know how it is when you first speak of a name, suddenly you say, do I know how to say that? He's going to talk to us today about something that is very much lacking in far too many people's lives. And that is spiritual peace. His book is called The Still Point, The Simplicity of Spiritual Enlightenment. He's another medical doctor like my poor husband and like so many others who found the stress of his profession unbearable. In fact, he came to that profession already with a deep background of anxiety and fear and stress that had waxed and waned since his childhood. At the age of 40 and in the midst of decades of suppressing a lot of inner and outer conflict, he decided there had to be another way to live. This willingness, he calls it, to try to find that other and better way to live led to a decade of studying non-duality. And we're going to ask him what that means because it's a, it's a topic that a lot of people talk about it, but many people don't define it. But he began by, by looking at A Course in Miracles much more deeply. And in 2015, at the height of a successful career, Kevin turned away and into relative isolation. He found the direct path to recognizing one's true nature, and he wrote The Still Point, the simplicity of spiritual enlightenment, so he could help others find their eternal nature, which he says is happiness itself. Kevin, welcome. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Thank you, Roberta. Pleasure to be here. All right. Talk about what non-duality is. Sure. Yeah. With non-duality, it's um, it's much easier to talk about what duality is first and then contrast that because 
ultimately non-duality is uh, it's something that really can't ultimately be spoken of. Um, although, you know, me and many others do uh, take a, take a lot of, uh, a lot of shots at trying to speak about it, you know, in fact, writing a book about it, but not, you know, duality is this, um, is the sense that most people live with the felt and believed sense that, uh, they are a separate isolated individual and that their thoughts and their feelings are within them. And then, um, you know, delineated by the uh, the body, the skin of the body, that's the inside. And then everything outside of that is other than them. So the world that we see, of course, uh, other people, you know, animals, et cetera, are all other. So this is, um, this is duality. And it's the way that most people operate. Uh, it's the way that most people think, but more importantly, it's, it's the way most people feel and, and, and move through the world in that, in that way. Um, non-duality is the simple recognition that what we are uh, is that we all share um, one undivided being. And I've called that being the still point in the book. It's certainly been called many, many, many things um, throughout the spiritual traditions. Uh, and the still point is just synonymous with all of those other words to uh, describe this, um, you know, this one whole undivided uh, being. So that's kind of duality and um, non-duality is the recognition uh, that du duality is in fact um, uh, a, a mistaken belief. Okay, All right, here's my, my Course in Miracles story. Um, I had been, a, a, the book, and, and everyone recognizes what it looks like, it's a plain blue book, it looks self-published. It had been put in front of my face repeatedly right around the turn of the century, which is a long time ago now. And I kept ignoring it. Ah, it just it looks like a plain old book. And one day I'm driving along minding my own business right after the turn of the century and my car, without my wanting to do it, turned off the road. And we all remember Borders Books, right? Borders Bookstore. And I'm a little bit early for a meeting. So I thought, okay, I'm supposed to go into Borders Bookstore. And I went to the back of the, which we do if we're, you know, people of a spiritual bent, we go to the spiritual part of the bookstore. I went to the back of the bookstore and there is a whole empty bookshelf. How many empty bookshelves do we see in a, any you know big book books uh, chain bookstore, empty bookshelf store and a uh, shelf in a bookstore, and there on that completely empty bookshelf is one copy of a book facing out, and the book was a Course in Miracles, one copy facing out. I picked it up. I said, "Okay, Thomas, who is my guide, I give in," and I picked up the book and I carried it. To the, to, the, to the cashier and the cashier looked at it funny and then tried to uh, put it into uh, the, the system. I, I said, I'm buying this book. And, and then the cashier looked at me, he said, we don't sell this book, it's not in the system. So I had to negotiate a, a price and we, we agreed on $10. I bought the book and walked out. So you tell me how that book ended up on an empty shelf at a Borders bookstore. Um, I, I gave in and I ended up doing the course with a, <laughs> with a study, study group. Um, but that's what happens if your guy decides it's time for you to do a course in miracles. I give up. Um, but that's why I end up doing it. And, uh, and 
I agree. I think that it is definitely what we're told it is. It's, um, it's a genuine book, which was channeled by a group led by Jesus. And you feel the same way, right? Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, not sp particularly speaking to the channeling of, of the book. He certainly, you know, Helen Schuckman, who was the scribe of the book, um, you know, described how that book came about. Uh, and, you know, from, from my perspective, in very much the same way, it, it, it came at a moment when, uh, you know, that willingness to really question all of my beliefs came about. To, to really, uh, I was in a place at, at that point where it, it was very clear that, um, you know, trying to find happiness and peace in the world as I was, and I was going through the world in a way that I think many would say, you're doing it the right way. Um, yes. it, you know, it was not bringing happiness. It wasn't bringing peace. I was miserable. I was unfulfilled. I was, you know, suffering uh, greatly. So, you know, that, it, like so many of these stories, when that willingness is there to have some humility and to begin or to, to open up to the possibility of questioning our way and the beliefs that we've held, uh, these tools show up and just like yes. you know, for you, yeah, just like for you, of course, America showed up. It, it you know, I, I, it showed up in a, in a very similar way. I don't recall exactly how, but it was pretty clear when I got it that it was right for me at, you know, at that time. Um, and uh, I, you know, I clearly jumped in and, and, and did that. Well, so tell your story. You, you were you were not happy and you were stressed. You were fearful. What 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 brought you to the level where you felt I've got to do something finally? Yeah, I mean, I think we're. I think most you know people when we live in separation, as the as the course as the course in miracles teaches, um, as we when we live in believing we are separate, isolated individuals, and in duality, as we spoke when we started the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fear is a natural. You know, fear and and guilt are, uh, they go hand in hand with that. And, and they are generally repressed, they're denied, and they are, uh, they're pushed down, you know, and so we deal with that for a for a, a period of time. And then we begin to project that out onto others, um, and begin to, you know, try to blame them for, uh, for all kinds of things. And really, we're just blaming them for our own fear and guilt, our own sense of separation. And of this, of course, this just reinforce, reinforces that fear and guilt. But in my case, you know, it, it was quite on the surface. I, I had been, I had a lot of anxiety since I was a child on and off and, you know, yet was able to cope and, and move through the world um, in the eyes of the world, you know, pretty effectively. Uh, but it, it was really just this, um, you know, this, this, this suffering and this recognition that anything that was achieved in the world, you know, didn't solve, didn't solve that issue at all. Um, so the first, again, that first step was that little willingness, which led to A Course in Miracles, and then kind of working with that for about 10 years before, you know, I, I hit, hit another roadblock and, and this direct path, uh, this direct path fell into my lap in, in very much, in very much the same way. But it, it, it was simply, you know, suffering. I had been taking an anxiety medicine for, you know, decades um, and it was becoming it was becoming very clear as I had moved through the course for about ten years that you know th this this wasn't going to work. I, I needed to um, address these issues head on, and I needed to look at these fears and these anxieties if I ever hoped to understand what their substance was.
What, what other, did you use other tools? You were, you were using the course. Uh, did you find any help in Eastern religions, for example? Because a lot of people find that they're helpful too. Uh, during the time period of the course that I was doing the Course in Miracles during that decade, and I was an executive, a business executive, helping to run <clears throat> private and publicly traded companies and was working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. Oh my Lord. Uh, so, you know, I had very little time for anything other than, you know, the work I was doing um, and the, uh, uh, and, and, and of course in miracles that, you know, at that point. So I had pretty much, you know, dedicated myself to doing that. I didn't have as much time as I would like to, of course, to do it in that time period, but it, it really wasn't until after, uh, after that 10 years when I, moved away from full-time work and, um, and found the direct path that after that point that you go on this, uh, you know, odyssey of really consuming all spiritual traditions that you can find that, you know, relate to non-duality. It, it becomes something that um, becomes extremely interesting and helps to, uh, helps to explain and contextualize uh, the recognition of self, which can be a little bit confusing or a little bit, um, uh, how should we say, uh, uh, confusing isn't the right word. It's disorienting, perhaps. There's, there's a little yeah. bit of yep. disorientation in that. But this came after A, a Course in Miracles, you know, after, after, that, uh, after that decade, really, of studying A Course that, um, uh, as these insights became clear and felt, um, then, of course, I delved into everything available <laughs> that I could get my hands on in, in the world from, uh, you know, as many centuries ago as possible. Did you find that helpful? Because I tried that and I kept coming back because I, I, I kept finding those things to be distractions, really. Um, I kept coming back to the course because I, it, it, it seemed that they were taking me away from, from the center as opposed to adding, they seemed to be just distractions. Um, it's hard to describe. Uh, I, I, the, the, the essence of the course was forgiveness. And the, they, whereas the, the uh, it's been so long, I'm trying to remember now, with, with each of them, um, they, they seem to be pulling me away and making me, making me forget the center, making, pulling me away from the center. Um, and finally, it was just, I, I had to learn to for, to forgive before things happened because once I tried to once I accepted that that's, that something needed to be forgiven it was already too late. It's hard to describe what I, it was. It was prevenient forgiveness that really did it for me. It was for, it was forgiving everything before anything could be recognized to have be to being broken. When when I first understood that nothing was broken, yeah. First, yeah. it was first then that I understood that everything was already whole and was already forgiven and everything was already perfect. And that was when, and I think that's what you call the still point. Everybody is, everybody is different in what, in what they perceive to be wrong. And so once they first, once they finally understand nothing is wrong, then everything is already right. And then, and again, that's what you call the still point. Yeah, the still point, sure, the still point refers to our, our true nature. It refers to our right. being, our self-aware being. That is the being of all. It, it is one whole complete being. 
and uh, that is um, shared by all sentient creatures, so to speak. So the still point itself um, accepts everything. It judges. It, 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 it's not capable of judgment. Right. Um, it's right, in complete right. acceptance. And when, when that recognition occurs at the level of recognizing that this is what I have called I my entire life when referring to myself, it is what everyone calls I. It's just overlooked in favor of experience. But when that is recognized and understood, in a sense, the spiritual work becomes aligning your life and reality to its, um, to its fundamental qualities. And the fundamental quality of complete acceptance uh, is really the way to recontextualize what forgiveness means in, 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 yeah. in the way of the course. Just like you said, this recognition that nothing needs forgiven. It's um, already hard. Nothing is wrong. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And and for and when I first when I finally got that, I never needed ever to forgive anything again ever, no matter what. And and the just as the, the course says, there is no size with regard to forgiveness. It, you yeah. can forgive anything then because it's already forgiven. All of it is already forgiven. Right. Yes. And then you know true peace. And and it's it's amazing. It it's for the past. 12 years, I've never had to forgive about anything, no matter what. Someone stole a million dollars from me and it didn't even matter. It's amazing. And yeah. I don't, I mean, that was all, that was my only million dollars. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds, sounds like it's something that, that didn't matter. It mattered hugely, but it still didn't matter. It's amazing. Right. right. It's amazing right. how happy you can become when nothing matters. Yeah. I, 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 I you know, I, I would, I would say that, um, you know, it, it's, it's true. And, and that it, the real test is living it as, as you've said, you know, many people have, uh, many people can come to that recognition or that realization intellectually, but are you able to live your life like that? You know, if yeah. you and your wife insults you, are you oh. going to live your life like that? If you're, you know, if, if your wife uh, or husband starts to have an affair, are you living your life like that, you know, or, or are you railing and rebelling against it? Because of course, in that case, it's not, um, you know, it, it, it isn't, it isn't true forgiveness in that way. So yeah, it's about living, it's about living that recognition and, and truly um, incorporating it uh, in, into your lived experience in every, in every single moment of, of your life. It's, it is, it, it's, I teach the same thing, my dear, but I just teach it a little differently. And it is so simple when you get it. It's so simple. And it makes you so happy at your very core. Yes. Yes. I think that, you know, in my case, and certainly it was the case for me. Um, I think the reason that, you know, the reason I went to the direct path was, I, the Course in Miracles, I love the Course in Miracles. I think it's a brilliant uh, psycho-spiritual work and it's something that's whole and complete as a non-dual work. It was, for me, my mind, I, I simply, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't put it all together and the direct path, which, which, which led to the felt recognition of self, the felt recognition of that, which we call I, which is prior to experience, was necessary to really contextualize uh, what that meant meant in a in a known felt way. Now, what I'm seeking is the simplest way to teach it, because most people don't have a lot of time. For example, 
I tried long ago to meditate. My husband learned it from the Maharishi, by the way, from the guru of all gurus. He learned it. I said, to heck with this. It takes too much. It's too much trouble. So I can't meditate. I can't do any of that stuff. Um, so I, I, what I do is teach people to forgive with, before if there's anything to forgive. And then you never have to even learn to forgive. And um, it's quick. It's easy. And um, then when you, when you never have to forgive again, it's, you, you already are there. And as I say, I, my, my guide gave me an acid test. And now we're basically making all the money back again. And we'll have it within two years. And I, I just am, I'm so, I'm more happy than I have ever been in my life after what's the worst thing I can think of, except my, my, when all this happened, my guide said, well, there were two things that could, we could have done. One is take away a million dollars. And the other is have somebody murder a family member. And I said, thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing the easy thing. Right. And uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had the test and I passed it. So I'm fine. I'm really fine. But now I'm going to teach it to everybody so everybody can be this happy. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, you know, it, it, again, it's it, there are, uh, you know, many, many ways of and many, many um, teachings and pointers, you know, and, and every mind is configured a little differently. And every mind. So we have to come up with a lot of ways to do this, Kevin, that we have to teach everybody how to be this happy. Have you yeah, come up with other ways you know, to teach the same thing? And I think that there are, uh, there are a lot of ways out there. You know, the, 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 the tools are, you know, the tools which ultimately have to all be discarded are out there though, you know, to, to point to this in, in a million different ways. There are many progressive paths and, you know, in, in, in my, uh, in my experience, this direct path, um, you mentioned, you know, what is the easiest way to teach this, this direct path of pointing people directly to their felt sense of aware being, uh, which bypasses the mind is. In are you doing classes age. in this now? Are, are you, are you really doing classes? Because this is important. Think of all the unhappy people there are in the world. They don't have to be unhappy. Well, I, I wrote the book about it and they can read the book and I'm, uh, you know, supporting, supporting the book right now. Um, and, and, you know, talking, talking. But everybody about should read your book, dear. I mean, let's get them to read it. I mean, I'm promoting it. Everyone hopefully is listening to us right now. You know a way to do that. That would be wonderful. But, you know, I think like, <laughs> I think like anything else, though, even like, you know, it, it's, it's just important to recognize that, um, you, you know, people have to have the little willingness themselves. And then when they do, if they have that little willingness to question their beliefs, uh, all of their beliefs that whatever is right for them will show up. If it's, if it's the still point, great. If it's a course in miracles and that resonates, great, do that, you know, follow your GPS. This isn't about me, you know, selling books or, uh, you know, it, it's about, it's about every individual mind gravitating towards and accepting what resonates with them uh, in terms of grace, you know, what resonates with them to point back to their to, to themselves, to their, to their true nature. And, you know, there's uh, more spiritual teachings out there than, you know, we could possibly talk about, but um, it is because, uh, as you said, every mind is, is configured a little differently and uh, you know, they will, um, they will resonate with different, with different approaches. So we have to be open and available to all of that. The important thing is for everyone listening to understand that it is possible to free yourself 
entirely from fear. From my point of view, I'm pretty clear that the base fear is the fear of death. We are going to teach you how to be totally unafraid of death because death, in fact, is the ultimate illusion. There is no such thing as death. You know that. You know that I teach that, and in fact, it's true. There is no such thing as death. But just as important is that all of the illusions that, that um, Kevin so beautifully, because he summarizes and makes easy the, the very complicated teachings in A Course in Miracles. He spent 10 years learning. Again, I didn't have the patience to do all of A Course in Miracles. I, I got the, the sort of key parts out of it. And in about, I guess, three or four years I did with a study group, I did A Course in Miracles. But um, all of these things are available to learn. You don't have to be miserable. Most people live their lives in misery. So, so do the still point and some of the other books that you can do and courses you can do to get past the suffering that, the, that our society puts on you. You don't have to be there. You can free yourself. But um, you can get to the point where you are so happy that it doesn't matter what the world does to you. You can rise right above it as if it never happened. It happened to me. I had something happen to me that nobody wants to have happen. And you can get, I rose above it in one day. You can, you can rise above it too. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Kevin, but it's very important to me that we make sure everybody does what you did and what I did and get to the point where you can, you can have a still point in your heart that is happy no matter what the other world does to you. Yeah, the recognition, um, when, when one recognizes the still point of aware being what we have called I our entire lives, you recognize it as the I of all. And as a result, it's our shared reality. It's the shared truth. And this, this eliminates other, and this is the experience of love. And, and as a result of this, um, you know, this, this is truly, the, truly what the world needs uh, in terms of where this world is and how heavily invested this world is in the egoic thought system. It's, it's clear that, um, you know, this is, this is what the world needs to, uh, to change um, the trajectory of where it's going. But it, it, it's also important, you know, to note that, as you said, what happens on the screen out there on the screen of the world is we don't, we don't have control over that. Ultimately, we do have control over ourselves. We have control over how we, how we interpret that. And when we go back far enough and we go in uh, to that ground of being and we see that as the ground of being of all, then we have that experience um, of love with, with everyone. We don't like everyone. You know, it's not about liking everyone or having similar personalities, but it, but it is about loving everyone. And that, you know, fundamentally would, um, uh, would change the way that uh, humans operate on this planet towards each other and, and, and towards the planet. And, and it's clearly something that's desperately needed at this point in time. Yeah, absolutely right. But the point is, when nothing can make you unhappy, you have gained a power, unlike any other power. Nothing can touch you. Think about that. Most people live with from minute to minute. And that's the way you were living, right, Kevin? Everything was controlling you. You didn't have control over it. You were, you were being stressed all the time. You were taking drugs about that, remember? I mean, that's the way you were living. Oh, I, I, I very well remember. <laughs> <laughs> but no more, right? I mean, you've got no. control of all of it. 
No, yeah, I mean, you, you know, we 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 have an illusion of control. Uh, it's it's an illusion, and what happens to us is when the when uh, when our still point, when consciousness, which is our being, what we are, when it when it associates itself with the body and the mind to the point of identity. In other words, when we believe our identity is the body and and the mind. Um, it, it takes on, the mind takes on this necessity of control, believing it must control everything. Um, and it can't, the, you know, the body functions of its own accord beautifully. And, um, you know, things that are completely and normally uh, taken care of, you know, we, we, uh, we believe that this that this uh, limited egoic mind that we've identified with uh, with needs to uh, control everything around it, and, and this is a, of course an illusion of control because it isn't it isn't actually possible. And with that, you know, uh, comes great anxiety and and fear. Right. As well. So right, right. you know, this this core, uh, the real absolute. Whether you're doing a course in miracles, whether you're doing the direct path, whether you're studying Advaita Vedanta, Buddhism, whatever, whatever spiritual, uh, true spirituality you are involved with, the ultimate goal of that is to recognize the mistaken belief uh, that your identity is is form, um, because you know you then you then take on the limitations of of form uh, when you yourself uh, are 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 unlimited. So that's uh, that's what, what we must uh, you know we must arrive at that at that recognition, and then we must go from there in our lives and begin to integrate that recognition into how we live uh, how we live our lives in every moment. I copied so much out of your book now, and, and I haven't even mentioned any of it. You have never experienced something called a past or a future because any experience you have ever had is always felt as happening now. Without thought, you can't recall a past or imagine a future. The concept of time does not exist without thinking. I, thought, I think that's really profound. There could be no fear without thinking. And when you see clearly that you are not your thoughts, fear begins to lose its grip. Of course, it's not to, it's not to say that fear motivates, motivates in the now and it's not perfectly appropriate. If a tiger is chasing you, the fear you feel in the body that makes you run, that's appropriate. It's psychological fear without any immediate threat. That's the vast majority of fear. That's very true. And it's not necessary. The substance of fear is love. I, I said, huh? What are, you, what are you talking about, Kevin? If you go deeply enough into fear, you will find only love because love is the substance of all seeming things. Oh, okay. That's why unpleasant sensations must not be avoided, but rather looked at closely. Okay. When fear arises, pay no attention to any accompanying thoughts, but rather focus attention on the sensations that are arising in the field of awareness. See, this book makes you go deeper. You find a familiar vibration that's in slight flux that's usually felt in the chest or stomach area. This book makes you think. It makes you go deeper into what's really behind what's going on in your mind. I think this is so important. Because yeah. many people are just living right on the surface of what's happening. And, yeah. and, and, a, and it's a fearful surface, too. I mean, 
something happened on the way to work and somebody tried to cut you off and and that made made you fearful because of something else that had happened in your childhood or something and and that made you worried or you know um I, I, I just the, this book makes you go deeper into what's going on in your life and makes you think i mean i think i think that the great thing about this book is if you use it as a handbook for what's going on it then you you stop living on the surface and you start to go deeper into what you what what is really going on why are you afraid of this or that or some other thing that's happening and you and you and you get to the source and when you when you say that talk about that the substance of that fear was really love talk about that yeah i, I you know I, I think that the 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 recognition of the mechanisms of thinking and and feeling and sensing are very important and and many of us i know for for most of my life um, you know, any, uh, any situation that would arise, or e even if there was no si situation, when an intense sensation would come up in the body, a sensation perhaps that we would associate with, with, with fear, with anxiety, we, we automatically uh, combine it with thought. We bring thought into it, and we label it, and we combine it, and we are then fully and completely within that, within the grip of that anxiety or that fear. And it, it, there is this um, deep contemplation of experience that certainly occurred for me and, you know, over, over years, uh, you know, deep contemplation of experience uh, in which you, you begin to look at what are thoughts and, you know, what are sensations and how do they combine to produce feelings? And when, when you do that, then, you know, as you mentioned, you think about, you contemplate all of that. But once, once those mechanisms are clear, you then recognize that the, uh, the sensations, when they arise, if you do not attach thought to them, if you do not begin to add a story to them and go down those conditioned patterns that you have, you know, gone down for for all of your life, perhaps for decades and decades, or, you know, for for all of your life, then you can deal with the sensations as as they are, and without having thought associated with them, they're ultimately neutral. They may have an intensity to them, but they're they're neutral. And this is kind of this tantric approach. This is that tantric approach to, uh, to 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 the recognition of uh, of what we are and. You know, eventually, what occurs is that, of course, the the labels lose their um, their intensity. The labels of anxiety and of fear and of grief uh, and of longing begin to lose their their intensity, and you're left with the raw somatic emotion in the body, um, which is ultimately simply a movement of your aware being of the still point with within itself. So ultimately, the substance of what you've labeled fear or anxiety is, is nothing but love. It's, it's the movement of, of, of love using love, uh, um, you know, um, synonymously with, uh, with the still point what you're aware of being. And this, this can be very clearly seen. It, it, uh, it just takes that, you know, that contemplation and that application during those times, looking, bringing this fear, bringing these sensations and this anxiety uh, very, very, very close without combining it with thought. Wow. 
so so someone is saying, okay, um, I think I need what what they're talking about because I feel kind of like the more I think about this, the more I think that this would help me. How long do, does this kind of working on yourself work? How long will this take to, to work on yourself this way? Or, or, or is there, is this something that you do as you're going about your life? I mean, what, what, what is the, what, what kind of thing is this to do? I, I, would it help if you had a counselor help you? I mean, what, what do you do? You know, ultimately, there's nothing to do. You you have to be. You have to recognize your being. That you is have to doing. be. It's yeah. not to do. You have to be. That is profound. Yeah, we have to recognize our being, which is prior to any experience. We have to recognize uh, the still point. We have to recognize what we have called I our entire life. And this is why in the book, I, I, I point people to this question, am I aware? And um, anyone who hears that question will pause and will essentially go to or recognize that awareness. And they do this without, it's not intellectual. It's not an intellectual answer. It's, it's a, a known felt answer. And that is the ground of our being. That's the still point. And after this recognition, we need to abide there you know, over and over again, and, and we begin to see and understand the mechanisms of experience that arise from that ground of being and how, um, how they've coalesced into these, these conditioned patterns of behavior and thought that have essentially run our lives. So, you know, you can't put a time frame on this. There are people who have recognized the recognition is instantaneous. The recognition is outside of, 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 of time. Um, and there, of course, have been people throughout the ages who have recognized this instantly. You know, we've all heard stories of, of, of people who have uh, had this, uh, you know, uh, relatively complete um, recognition, uh, you know, in Zen, they call it satori, sudden awakening. For most people, this isn't the case. For most people, this is a, a gradual, gradual process in terms of the recognition itself when that comes, that is an instant, it's a timeless instant. But the deepening of that, the, the, uh, the soaking of the mind into its source takes time to begin to break down those conditioned patterns of rebellion uh, and belief that the, that the mind has. But over time, um, and you know, no one can say, you know, there are people who do this for a few years, there are people who, who have been doing it for decades. It's, it's you know, unique and different for everyone, but over time, over time, the mind, um, it comes to its own highest understanding and recognizing its limitation and it secedes itself, if you will, to the truth, which is its substance, which is the, which is, uh, which is the still point. And in, in, that, in that case, as this is, as this is occurring at, at a certain point, um, at a certain point, the, the properties of the still point, the properties of what you are, which are to, to really sum it up is it's ever present it's eternal and it's um it's infinite it's it's without lack it's it's whole it has no dimensions to it. it becomes um becomes accepted and that's the point where what we call you know liberation or awakening or enlightenment or any other word um any other any of these words and and at that point that's a great great recognition but at that point the work 
kind of truly begins in that that then begins to get integrated into the way we live, the way we think, the way we feel, the way we talk, the way we interact, the way we react or no longer react. And, you know, life becomes progressively more concentrated in the now. And um, it's an ongoing, never-ending stage, I would say. A beautiful stage, but an ongoing, never-ending stage in my experience. Talk about the ego, because my my experience was a tremendous struggle with the ego. Um, I I was within a study group where I would have probably given up, Um, but they they helped me to get through it. It was really a battle. Tell me about it. Ego is, in, in the simplest sense of conveying, the ego is nothing but a mistaken belief. Uh, right. that your identity is um, form. It, it, is, it is the belief that, you know, you are the body and the mind and you are subject to its limitations, including, you know, birth and death. Um, that's ultimately the ego. Everything else is built around that mistaken uh, belief. And of course, it's a belief that our society has reinforced um, in us since, you know, since we were born. Uh, yet that is truly what, you know, what the ego is. In my case, what I what, what I learned, and maybe it was something that they put on me, I have no idea, but um, they told me that I was going to have to vanquish the ego. They told me that early on. And um, my ego, as I got closer to vanquishing the ego, my ego um, made me believe that at the, this was 20 years ago. And back then, people still believed that you would get to the point where you would accept the second death. The second death was when you would um, would get to the seventh level, and you would you would be extinguished in the source level. Um, and the, my ego kept whispering to me that when I entered the source level, I would lose awareness, and therefore I would be extinguished. And I didn't want to lose awareness because. I liked being aware. I was me and I would lose me basically when I entered the source level. And uh, I didn't want to do that. And it was a tremendous battle. I would lose me. Why would I want to do that? I mean, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a terrible thing. And, um, and I fought that. And, yeah. it, it, and in the end, finally, one morning I woke up and my, my guide said to me, you will never lose awareness. You will have God's awareness. Yes. And at that point, my ego was gone. I never, it never appeared again. I was free at that, at that moment. Now, nowadays, we know that you never do lose awareness. That, that would not have been a problem for me, but it was 20 years ago, a huge problem. I don't know what happens now, but, but, but the people in my study group told me, whatever you grant is your greatest fear, as you come close to being stronger than your ego, your ego will give you your greatest fear and make you terrified of it. That's what they told me 20 years ago in a sort in a, a course in miracle study group. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you know even vanquishing the ego is a little too strong of a term. Not many people will say I must destroy. I must you know. That's what they were saying 20 over. years ago. I don't know what yeah. they're saying now. I, I say that only because it simply needs to be seen for what it is, which is a false belief. It it, it you know it need not be given. Um, it need not be given more. A reality than it has because it ultimately has none zero zero reality and yes it's it it's it's true and this is you know in terms of awareness that's why the recognition of awareness 
as being um, ever present and being um, infinite, being without lack is, is very, very important because without that, uh, you, you know, without that, there will be still some subtle fear of death or annihilation as yeah. I mean, as basically it was gone that minute I was free and I've been free ever since and happy ever since. There, yeah. there, it's, there's some kind of a something that happens, Kevin. I don't know what it is, but um, probably it still happens for people. But whatever it is, it's glorious. It's very freeing. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. All I know is you're right. There is a process somehow that there's a, a moment you get to where, you, where you're, you're free at a level which is unguessable and wonderful. Um, where, where, yeah. where you're, you're suddenly stronger than whatever your fears are. That's, that's what suddenly happens. Yeah, yeah. The fear, you know, the fears and the anxiety slowly, um, slowly recede. You know, they slowly recede, and and the you know the storm of mind will come, and 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 the mind, you know, the the ego, the mind, uh, the ego does not want to dissolve. It, it it believes that that's its death. And in reality, it's all the mind wants. The mind wants to dissolve into its source. The mind wants to um, wants to secede and rest in its source. But it uh, it it you know, it, it, it doesn't know this when we have uh, belief, when we still have belief structures in place that link uh, what we are to, to form, to, to thinking and feeling, and of course, of course, the body. Um, and, and as you said, the joy is once that is seen, when the mind does recede and dissolve, it, it, it doesn't go away, it's there. It's simply not, um, it's not controlling the show anymore, but it's, it's available as needed. Oh my goodness, we are so, so over time. I wish we could just talk all day. This has been so <laughs> much fun for me talking to you because I meet so few people who are at your level, Kevin. This is so wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I was delight, Roberta. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, Ke Kevin Kronitsky, am I saying that right or wrong? I'm yeah, that, no, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, his, his website is authorkevinkranitsky.com. If you're driving, don't write it down because it'll be in the program notes. And um, I really recommend this book. I found it so much fun, so enjoyable to read. Um, and as I say, we've come to the end of our time. This has been secret. And thank you. Please consider yourself hugged, Kevin. I, I want to do this again because we've really covered not very much of the book. I was too involved in just talking to Kevin. Um, but I really recommend this book. It, the, the, it's called The Still Point, The Simplicity of Spiritual Enlightenment. And um, it, it's, a, it's a handbook, really, because it, you can't do, and people try to, to like read A Course in Miracles as if it were a book you could read. You can't really read it by yourself because it's just too deep. I mean, this is, this is a book that... Um, uh, <laughs> You, if, if Jesus were there to help you with it, you could do it with him. I'm not sure you can do it except with a study group otherwise. Um, next week, our, our guests will be Philip Dykes and Karen McLeod. They are two wonderful British mediums who work with Sandra Champlain in her Sunday gatherings. And this is going to be just like candy. Um, I'm going to be traveling um, for a week and therefore they're going to just come in to kind of give us a, a, a light and lovely um, um, quick kind of delightful i'm not sure we're actually what we're going to be doing next week but it'll be fun whatever we do and um 
But this week, we've been doing some kind of heavy lifting with Kevin. And he's, I'm sorry, Kevin, I, I was kind of challenging probably for you to talk to because this is something I believe in so strongly. Um, I didn't understand what I was doing when I was doing a course in miracles with a study group and where I ended up was someplace I didn't even know where I was for the longest time. As I say, I did it 20 years ago, but I love where I am. And uh, um, I think what, what you're doing is for people is wonderful. And I want to talk to you more about it. So we'll probably do this again. I hope you don't mind. No, no, I'd, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to chat again. Uh, absolutely. Anytime, Roberta. So we'll probably do it again in the fall. His okay. book is called The Still Point, Simplicity of Spiritual Enlightenment. It is simple, but I know we don't make it simple because it, each of us had to battle here from a very different place. And uh, we're, we're just going to have to try to make it as simple as possible because I want as many people as possible to be as happy as we are. Um, it, the, a Course in Miracles is too hard for you. We want to make it simple. We want to make it glorious. And again, the still point, um, get, it's his, uh, his website is in the, uh, the, the program notes this week. And uh, I, I hope we can help you get here. By the way, again, the Afterlife Research and Education Institute, our wonderful friend, Craig Hogan, please join there because this is going to be the, the sister website um, to Seek Reality Online, which will be in just a few months, is going to be live. And I think you're going to find it's wonderful. As you know, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and soon The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. We're going to try to make that real simple, too. You're going to find it's nothing whatsoever like the Christianity that uh, we've been pl playing with all our lives. For children, there's the fun of meeting Jesus. You can read these books through bookstores on amazon.com. The adult books are also available as audiobooks. If you want to talk to me about anything at all, you can always reach me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. Past epi episodes of Seek Reality are also available just about anywhere that you can find podcasts or on the uh, Seek Reality app that you also can find just about anywhere. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy. Please make the most of this coming week in our one reality. Always knowing, dear friends, that you are a powerful, eternal being. And you, most of all, in this entire universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.